If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Calls Cloud Business Phone Service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk, and I am your host, Todd Huff. As always, folks, as always, you can email me your thoughts, your opinions, your feedback. You can lavish upon this host great adoration and praise for walking through these difficult times with you. Talking about, look, this has been a, a tough week, a tough, uh, tough run for America for a lot of reasons, and um, it's an honor to have you join us, and I appreciate you, you listening. Also, Facebook, where we're streaming the program live this morning, facebook.com slash Todd Huff Show. If you want to watch the program live or on demand, good morning, Facebook. Patented thumbs up there this morning, and... Um, Look, I want to. I want to start. Oh, man, there, there's just so many things to discuss. But I want to start um, with Drew Brees because we spent so much time talking about about that yesterday. Drew Brees goes to Instagram um, sometime yesterday. I don't have the exact time here. This post, but I want to read this, and I want you <clears throat> again. Drew Brees was asked a question about kneeling during the anthem. I played the soundbite yesterday. Um, as well, and maybe we should pull that back up and do it. But for the moment, I don't. I don't. Let's let's just let's start here, and I might have to play it for for reference. But basically, uh, Drew Brees was asked about kneeling for the anthem, and he, you know, he didn't think that kneeling for the anthem was a good thing. He thought that it was disrespecting the flag. He didn't like the. Uh, he didn't like that. What's the word I want to say? What that symbolized, kneeling during the anthem. Didn't say there weren't other issues, but but nonetheless expressed his concern. He said, I have two grandfathers that, that fought in World War II. One was in the Marine Corps. The other was in the Army. And I just don't think that that's good. I will never agree with people that want to do that. That, of course, caused a major uproar. You're not allowed not allowed to say that. Not allowed to say that. Drew uh, Drew Brees faced a uh, tremendous amount of pushback from players in the NFL, from players in the NBA like LeBron James. And I wouldn't even say pushback. I mean, um, you know, it's it's just interesting to me the way that uh, you can make the case that, that again, stuff that they talk about in other, other areas, they being the media, they being the creators of the narrative – 
but you can say that he was, I mean, to some degree bullied. Um, you know, some of these things that I read were not simply about people having different opinions. He was having an unacceptable opinion and, of course, was being lectured as to why he wasn't intelligent enough to understand what the protest was really about. I don't think he ever had any confusion about that. He's simply saying that there's a, you know something else happening during the national anthem that he's that's symbolically important to him, and he doesn't like when people um, take actions that detract from that message. And of course, some were saying, "Does Drew Brees not realize that there are people uh, in the military that were black?" Of course, he realizes that. I mean, it has nothing at all to do with this. He only references his relatives because. Uh, because of their relationship to him. Those are the individuals he had the closest relationship with, were those who were in his family, probably heard some stories. I don't know how much they talked about it, but he at least heard, you know, knew of their service, um, saw, you know, uh, maybe how that impacted their lives and that sort of thing. So that was that's why he mentioned this. But it had gotten too uh, too tough to intense or whatever the case may be so drew Brees goes to instagram yesterday and he says this i would like to apologize to my friends teammates the city of new orleans the black community nfl community and anyone i hurt with my comments yesterday and speaking with some of you it breaks my heart to know the pain i have caused in an attempt to talk about respect unity and solidarity centered around the american flag and the national anthem i made comments that were insensitive and completely missed the mark on issues, on the issues we are facing right now as a country. Let me pause. We're also facing issues of deep hatred and disrespect for America. Again, there are multiple issues that are going on here right now. In fact, you know, again, I, I said yesterday, I think it was yesterday, maybe it was Wednesday, but I said yesterday, recently, that I see a remarkable similarity in how the narrative of this issue, I I see similarities in how this has been uh, furthered or how it's evolved over time. And and COVID, I do. Remember, COVID was first about flattening the curve, right? It was about flattening the curve, 15 days to flatten the curve. Then it became, you can't go outside Unless Governor Whitmer tells you to, if you're in Michigan, you can't go outside and go fishing on a fishing boat. Nope, that's too dangerous. I don't know to whom, but it's too dangerous for somebody, she says, and you can't do it. Now, if you're her husband, um, he thinks, hey, um, I should get special treatment because of all the, all the havoc my wife's executive actions caused on people, for example, getting their boats in the water in northern Michigan – I should be able to jump to the front of the line, even though it was my family who had more direct impact on that, uh, you know, on boats not being able to get into the water than anyone else. I should be able to jump to the front of the line, right? So that's the trend. That's the the evolution, right? And then people saying things like you can't go back out. Things aren't going to return to normal. I think Mayor Garcetti, Eric Garcetti, um, liberal... um, leftist mayor of the city of Los Angeles said we can't you know we're not going to get back to normal completely until we have until we have a vaccine for COVID-19 
Again, it was about flattening the curve. We don't want to overwhelm our, overwhelm our healthcare system, our hospitals. And then suddenly it's about something else. Now, the same is true with what we've seen with this. And I want to be careful here. This, again, as I've said before, and I'm watching more riots and fighting on the streets of New York. So this is Portland, Oregon. Which Portland, Oregon, my goodness. I mean, it is. And there's times I think Portland, Oregon has almost fallen <clears throat> to Antifa or has been um, <laughs> taken over. The leadership has been taken over by those who are sympathetic to this radical anti-American cause. Now, I'm separating again. We have to understand what's going on here. There, there, this is this has erupted so many other it's it's not just about George Floyd anymore is the point just like covid is, is no longer just about flattening the curve for 15 days we're we're stinking um several months into this now with covid <clears throat> and of course they're we're getting back to normal in fact i saw an economist is actually predicting job gains for the month of june which is good but it's still this economy's taken a major, major, major step back because of the, the things that had happened. So again, I'm differentiating between the, the, the true protesters. Um, I, I devoted a whole, ep- a whole episode to that on, I think that was on Monday. I talked about that. I talked about the importance even for white America, white even conservative America to understand the perspectives that black America has on I mean, there's obviously objective stuff where law enforcement have done something illegal or abusive in those cases. I don't know of anyone that wants to defend that. No one is defending that. There should be consequences for that. Um, you know, and we should seek to understand, even if we don't completely agree with some of the things that are that are being said as far as what needs to be done or the level of the problem, even though they're there might be several or many specific examples we we agree with. We need to listen and be empathetic and try to understand. I think that's important. I think that's very important um, and understand that we're all part of, of humanity and none of us um, none of us sees things or experiences things the same way. And for those of us who haven't experienced things that others have, we should try to understand and try to fix what's wrong with it. But we can't let it expand to something like COVID did. You can't let it expand to something where it is into areas it never was originally was originally intended to be. We're, we're now talking about slashing. You know, it's now a movement to slash police budgets dramatically, slashing police budgets. So though, as though less money, less training. Uh, fewer resources are going to help this problem. I mean, our cities are ablaze still. So, I mean, look, there's it's you know there's it's maybe off of its peak, but there are still instances of of violence, of rioting, of looting, of of stealing, of you know basically taking over cities temporarily or parts of cities, destroying businesses, destroying local economies. That's still happening. That, by the way, is the problem. And having fewer folks to be law enforcement or to have fewer resources is not really going to fix this problem. And there's a whole other issue with law enforcement. And I'll get, I touched on that earlier this week, but we'll get into that hopefully here. I don't know if it'll be the first hour or not, but, but again, today. 
So anyway, this this reminds me of of COVID in a lot of ways. Um, I'm going to go back to Drew Brees here. We're getting close to the end of the the first segment here, but I want to go back to his comments. Um, He says, in an attempt to talk about respect, unity, and solidarity centered around the American flag and the national anthem, I made comments that were insensitive and completely missed the mark on the issues we are facing right now as a country. And I paused after that, that sentence because I said, we're facing lots of issues, and one of those one of those we, we have to completely understand. It is Antifa and the radical anarchists, the radical, insane, uh, self-righteous, violent thugs, protesters, uh, out-of-control individuals. They are trying to seize control. They're, they're trying to form a coup, a coup d'etat. Now, will they succeed? I'm not suggesting any of that, but look, they have caused all hell to break loose. They have threatened lives. They are threatening more lives. This is not, that is not ending. That's not even beginning to end because that's not even been properly identified yet, at least as it pertains to the main, the, you know, the, the overall national narrative here. So, going back to Drew Brees' remarks, they lacked awareness. This is what he said, talking about his remarks. They lacked awareness and any type of compassion or empathy. Instead, those words have become divisive and hurtful and have misled people into believing that I am somehow, or that somehow I am the enemy. This could not be further from the truth and is not an accurate reflection of my heart or my character. This is where I stand. And I was going to tell you, tell us where he stands. Um, I'm going to take a break and get back to that when we get come back from the break. But um, Drew Brees is not the enemy. Someone who believes that the national anthem is sacred doesn't, by definition, disagree um, with violence that has been, t- you know, um, where black suspects or black Americans have suffered physical harm, even up to and including death at the hands of officers. No one is saying that those things. Uh, in order to in order to be in solidarity with those who want to see violence end against Black Americans at the hands of police, you don't have to be in favor. You have to be in favor of people dishonoring the national anthem, and that's what Drew Brees saw. Now he's not allowed to see that. That's not what that's not what this narrative is, is even going to allow us to see. Um. But that's how he viewed it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter necessarily the intention of somebody. I mean, this is these are the actions they take during the anthem and kneeling. Someone can say, "Look, I'm not trying to disrespect the anthem," but you're look and it. it, it that's how people view it. That's how people view it. It doesn't mean that what you're saying is not correct. It just means there's also other things going on here, and, and I don't. I don't see people seeming to care about that i i do care about that and no one's you know he didn't say they couldn't do it he just didn't like it he wasn't he said he wasn't going to agree now he's faced backlash and here we are so i'll read the rest of this statement talk about this after the break but i've got to take a quick time out come back here in just a minute you're listening to conservative not bitter not bitter talk and education by the way with our new conservative not bitter University that is uh, that I hope to launch here 
I'll give you more information in the coming weeks on that as we continue to work on getting some things ready. But we'll talk about more of this Drew Brees statement, the state of things here with uh, the riots, George Floyd, the protest, uh, and different things along that particular uh, that particular uh, storyline today. We'll talk about that when we get back. Sit tight and see you in just a minute. Welcome back. By the way, by the way, I should mention here that this program is brought to you by the good folks, the good folks, my friend TJ, TJ Freegy, Freegy and Freegy Auctions and Marketing. Anytime I talk about TJ, oh boy, opens up a whole bunch of memories for things that I may or may not want to disclose on this program. TJ and I have known each other back to the times we were uh, in junior high, middle school area. Um, but they, Freegy, you know, they, they have auctions, a wide variety of auctions. Uh, they have some auctions here coming up, coming up in the month of June. You can check out more of their um, consignment auctions. They've got, I mean, you have, to, you have to check this stuff out online, Saturday, June 13th. Uh, you can visit their website, freegeauctioneers.com. That's F-R-E-I-J-E, auctioneers.com for more information on their auctions. You know, some of these things, some of these auctions you can bid online so it doesn't even matter where you are in the country. And I've been. I've been a couple times. It's a lot of fun. They do a great job. TJ also does the uh, some of the Barrett-Jackson auto auctions, which are... I don't know, there's three or four of those a year, and I'll turn on the TV sometimes and see him working that, which is always fun to see. But anyway, they're here in central Indiana, just a little bit west of Indianapolis and Clayton. Again, check them out, Freegee, F-R-E-I-J-E, auctioneers with an S dot com, and just uh, see what's coming up. See some of the items on there, and I'll tell you more about this as the time gets closer, but... I want to return here to Drew Brees and his comments, his apology yesterday. We ended off, or we stopped last segment, uh, with where where he's telling us that he stands on this particular issue. And I want to read this, this part of the statement as well. I stand with the black community in the fight against uh, against systemic racial injustice and police brutality and support the creation of real policy change that will make a difference. I condemn the years of oppression that have taken place throughout our black communities and still exist today. I acknowledge that we as Americans, including myself, have not done enough to fight for that equality or to truly understand the struggles and plight of the black community. I recognize that I am part of the solution and can be a leader for the black community in this movement. I will never know what it's like to be a black man or raise black children in America, but I will work every day to put myself in those shoes and fight for what is right. I have always, in capital letters, been an ally, never an enemy. That, by the way, I think is true. I think Drew Brees, Drew Brees is a class act human being. I don't know him personally. I've 
know someone that played with him at Purdue, and I just think that that Drew Brees is a guy that um, is a is a really good quality human being. Let's let's continue here. I am sick about the way my comments were perceived yesterday, but I take full responsibility and accountability. See, perception there is is key because Drew Brees was not attacking any of these things he just apologized for. Drew Brees was actually talking about something else that intersects with this issue, and that is the issue of the importance of the national anthem, pride in his country, respect for his grandfathers, others who served in the military to defend the great freedoms that we have in this tremendous, blessed nation, which is something, candidly, we should all be uh, – I know the listeners of this program feel this way, but as collectively as a nation, we should all feel – these sentiments much more and be grateful much more. In fact, Zig Ziglar said the healthiest of all human emotions is gratitude. I can't say that I can prove that that's accurate, but boy, it sure makes a lot of sense. Gratitude is a healthy emotion because it basically basically says that there's something else that happened uh, that impacted positive things in my life that I didn't deserve, I didn't you know, um, I did. I wasn't directly involved in creating gratitude, humility. It's a humility is a part of gratitude. Taking the time to say thank you for making this a better place. Thank you for helping me and my generation, my family, my community start off here, so that we can continue to make America better, to make life better. So, don't want to digress here. Finish here. Uh, finish up his comments. I recognize Drew Brees says that I should do less talking and more listening. And when the black community is talking about their pain, we all need to listen. For that, I am very sorry, and I ask your forgiveness. That's basically what I said the other day. We Drew must have been listening to this program because you know when there is pain being expressed or fear or concern, we do need to listen. We need to be empathetic. We need to understand. We don't. Un- we all don't understand everything. Right and and no one, uh, we, we all have something of, of value to add to the conversation. Of course, if we're all working towards a solution, not those who want to burn down our cities, not not those who want to exploit a crisis or tensions and turmoil and emotional, uh, you know, tensions and and just the difficulties that come from all this, which is what we're seeing, by the way, what we're seeing. This is in a time. Uh, to let some radical series of ideas be implemented in totality or part here in the United States, including things like, you know, massive cuts to police funding. I mean, what is what is this? People want to restructure. What does this even mean? And and this is what's concerning to me because just because I read Drew Brees' statements here, basically saying I shouldn't talk very much about this. Right, I, I played the clip yesterday where Malcolm Jenkins, a teammate of his, told Drew Brees to shut the blank up. Sometimes you should just shut the blank up. Malcolm Jenkins, I also saw, safety for the Saints, is out here kind of doubling down. I think he took one of his videos down, but he still said, I'm not happy about this. Drew needs to basically, um, I mean, effectively, just be quiet. Right? So... Candace Owens is out there. I can't play. She's she's had an 18-minute clip. Candace Owens has a much, much different take on this. Uh, You all know 
presumably Candace Owens. Um, black African-American conservative commentator. She's got a different take on on George Floyd. And I'm going to play a bit of that here in the next segment. Um, I'm sure this is going to cause more. This is this this doesn't fit with the other part of the narrative that we're being kind of pushed to to accept. She's pointing out some other things about this, questioning George Floyd's behavior, um, including his being on. Uh, having uh, methamphetamines and fentanyl in his system, so uh, she's she's well. She, she basically said that she's not on board with glorifying him because he was not. She she said, of course, what happened should not have happened. It was evil and unacceptable and all this. But she said that in a nutshell. George Floyd should not be uh, should not be lifted up as a hero here, um, and she has some other words to say about that. So I'll play a couple of minutes of, uh, of that as well when we get back. But I've got to take a time out. You're listening to Conservative, not Bitter Talk. I am your host Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back. So I said before the break that in addition to um, to what's you know transpired with with Drew Brees, I mean there, there's so many uh, other uh, obviously folks that are chiming in or you know saying different things. A lot of people are saying similar things. In fact, I get emails from different businesses, uh, kind of like again just I did with with COVID. And look, I'm not saying I shouldn't. I'm just, it's just remarkable to me how much the same that all these emails sound. Um, And this is, this to me is a new phenomenon um, where businesses are starting to chime in openly on on political issues and to really reinforce uh, the idea that they are on the correct side of the issue or the narrative, however you look at that. But anyway, I want to share a bit of this uh, this video from Candace Owens. I'm going to share a couple of minutes of this. This is a shorter segment by design on the just the way that the clock works out. But I want to share what she says, uh, which undoubtedly upsets is going to upset some people. But she's got some some words to say, of course, that are. Um, that that are consistent with what virtually every other comment about the officer Chauvin is. Uh, but adi- in addition to that, she's got some words about George Floyd that uh, you know yesterday was was the the funeral. But she's got some words about George Floyd that, of course, um, are going to not be well received. I just want to share these with you. In case you have not heard this, and again, I can't share the whole thing. It's 18 minutes long, but I want to share a couple of minutes uh, of this. So here we go. Candace Owens, uh, Candace Owens doing a Facebook Live video about George Floyd and the situation uh, that is, of course, transpired the, the, you know, from, from that point. So here she is. 
Hello, Facebook family. Um, I have decided to do this video. It has been weighing very heavily on my heart um, and on my mind as well. And it was something that I wanted to say early on, but there were so many emotions and so much pressure um, for me to go with a popular opinion about who George Floyd was. Um, and sometimes it can be difficult when there are just so many external pressures to say what you believe. And this was an instance where I felt like my silence would have been better in the beginning, but the more that I think about it, I realize that we are being sold a lot of lies and at the detriment to the black community, at the detriment to the white community, and at the detriment to America as a whole. So I um, want to come out and say uh, that I do not support George Floyd and the media depiction of him as a martyr for black America. I'm going to explain why and I hope that some of you guys will understand where I'm coming from. Um, I have spent a considerable amount of time reading a lot um, of black authors that I think are some of the most brilliant black Americans breathing. Um, Walter Williams, Shelby Steele, Thomas Sowell, and I recently came across something that was an idea that was planted into my head by Shelby Steele and it has been something that I cannot um, forget. It is something that will stick with me for the rest of my life. And it is something that I hope for the black Americans that are watching will stick with you for the rest of your life. Shelby Steele said that the black community is unique from other communities. Um, our, our culture is unique from other communities um, because we are the only community that caters to the bottom denominator of our society. Now, let me explain what that means. Um, it means to say that not every black American is a criminal, not every black American is committing crimes, but we are unique in that we are the only people that fight and scream and demand support and justice for the people in our community that are up to no good. You would be hard pressed to find, um, you know, a Jewish person who has spent five stints in prison, uh, who commits a crime and dies while committing a crime, and that the Jewish people champion and demand justice for. You will be hard pressed to find this in white America. You'll be hard pressed to find this even in Latino America. Uh, if there is a person that is spent multiple times in prison, you are not going to see a bunch of Latinos coming out um, demanding justice for this person, even if, and I want to be very clear, what I'm saying is not any defense for Derek Chauvin. I hope Derek Chauvin gets the justice that, um, that he deserves to be um, you know, implemented upon him and that the family um, of George Floyd deserves justice for the way that he, that he died. Um, but I also am not going to accept the narrative that this is the best the black community has to offer. For whatever reason, it has become fashionable over the last uh, five or six years for us to turn criminals into heroes overnight. Um, and it is something that I find to be despicable and it's something that I refuse to stand by any longer and I'm not going to play a part in it no matter how much pressure comes from black liberals and black conservatives as, as some token of people wanting you to believe that this is the only way you can be black is you have to say this was wrong and that this, you know, this person was amazing. I won't do that. Uh, George Floyd was not an amazing person. Um, and as soon as this video hit the internet, I did just basic searches. Uh, everyone jumped on it and call and, and was looking at the police officer and everyone agrees that the police officer was wrong and the police officer has been arrested. Um, so that is not the reason I'm not discussing that is because that is not something that has been misconstrued in the media. Uh, he has been turned into the devil that he is. And there is no reason for us to harp on that any longer because white Americans are not uplifting Derek Chauvin as a victim or pretending that he's an amazing human being. 
but George Floyd is being uplifted as an amazing human being. Um, and uh, for those of you who have not yet seen the clips and did not pursue or wait for more clips to come out, uh, first and foremost, George Floyd at the time of his arrest was high on fentanyl and he was high on methamphetamine. Uh, this came back in both of his autopsy reports. Uh, if you pursued the 911 transcript, you can see the person describing somebody who is out of their mind high, um, and which is what made the person fearful because he tried to, you know, to uh, use a, a, a bill that I guess was a fake bill to purchase something. And then he was outside acting weird. And they, in their police call, said that this person was obviously distorted and on drugs. Uh, when he is put into handcuffs and is put against the wall, a baggie of what looks to be like uh, cocaine or uh, some, it's, it's white, it's a white baggie that he drops onto the floor that you can see in an image. If you look up the clip, the media is refusing to circulate it. You can find it on Twitter. If you if you use DuckDuckGo and look up um, George Floyd baggy, uh, you can watch the clip yourself with your own eyes. Uh, he had drugs on him at the time of his arrest. Um, now. Okay, run, run along in this segment, but just wanted to give you a flavor of that. Um, of course, what she's not what she's not saying here is that um, you know any of these things justified. She she made that clear off the top, but again, in today's world, you have to say those things multiple times. She's simply saying that uh, we can't, or the black community cannot turn George Floyd into uh, some martyr when his behavior was criminals. What she's saying here, so um, something that. Uh, you know, hasn't hasn't been said. Of course, this will be met with tremendous anger and opposition and so forth. But I just wanted to share this with you. I saw this. You may have seen it as well. And I thought that it would uh, at least be appropriate to, to share what she had to say about this because it's something that uh, so, you know, some folks may not know this about the situation, that he did have fentanyl and methamphetamines in his body. Again, it doesn't justify anything, but it you know it does it does affect the overall picture um maybe of of what's going on maybe what officers are dealing with um again not it does not justify it is i just want to there, there's there's so many things we still don't know um uh, because first there's not been a trial they're still going through discovery here uh, putting evidence together but anyway just wanted to share this got to take a time out you're listening to conservative not better talk i am your host Todd Huff back in Back in just a minute. Welcome back. I want to take a moment here to tell you that this program is brought to you in part by our friends at Radon Environmental. Radon Environmental has been helping homeowners, business owners across Indiana, Southern Michigan, Ohio to protect themselves from the dangers of radon and indoor air pollution. They've been doing that since 1988. Family-owned have mitigated over 10,000 homes and businesses, 10,000 homes and businesses since they first began serving the area. Their primary service is radon reduction in homes, but they also help folks with things like soil contamination, pollutants, things like methane from nearby landfills, pesticides from lawns and farmland, 
CO2 from abandoned strip mines and volatile organic compounds from nearby factories and dry cleaners. So if you are in the in need of just just determining um, the indoor air quality in your home or business, I ask that you consider contacting our friends at Radon Environmental. You can call them, 317-843-0804. You can also visit them online, radonenvironmental.com. That's radonenvironmental.com. So, um, look, we are, uh, we're grateful for all of our advertisers and, of course, our listeners and stations as well. Um, you know, lots to get to today. I've been off, off – uh, Got off a little bit long in that last segment when I was playing that soundbite, soundbite from from Candace Owens, um, and of course she'll face pushback. I'm not saying that, that she shouldn't face. I mean that's just the nature of saying things. I face pushback for things I say, and you know I just uh, you know, it, what's dangerous is when we have a society that you're only allowed you're only allowed to te- to have one particular opinion. And I said this yesterday. What what concerns me, and again, I can say this, we can be concerned about multiple things at multiple times. This is nothing, this is, this is not to say that there's, um, doesn't affect any of what needs to be done with, you know, protecting the lives of, of, of someone, anyone, and in particular black Americans who are detained by police. But I'm also concerned at how quickly, how quickly we're supposed to throw down American principles shut down the speech of those who disagree with us um how quickly that is accepted i saw that accepted during covid and i see that uh, accepted now during this as well and you know there are multiple issues here and law enforcement safety is another one i need to get to that next uh, the next segment uh of course there's there's people who have died during the riots so there's that whole component there's a lot of facets to this, and anytime you're trying to pressure people to shut up and, and just say what's part of the narrative, it doesn't mean that some people are opposing the narrative. Maybe they are. Maybe in some cases people should, but I'm just simply saying having free speech and the ability to dialogue without undue pressure um, and so forth, especially what I saw with uh, with Drew Brees, some of the comments, I mean that that wouldn't have been tolerated had it been – Another issue that was, say, a conservative issue. Uh, it just wouldn't have been tolerated, but that's acceptable in today's uh, today's NFL and, and elsewhere. Anyway, you just got to take a break. Long in this segment, come back and wrap up hour number one. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. Waning moments, hour number one. Do not fear, however. Hour number two will continue here in the next, uh, what do we start, 7.03, so the next six minutes on YouTube, though. If you want to see it on YouTube, you want to see that, yes, in fact, I do have a face for radio, not for YouTube. You can go to YouTube and search the Todd Huff Show where you can stream us live or on demand there as well. Again, as long as YouTube decides that that is appropriate to do. Um, and I hope you you join us there. But this, look, there are so many things to get into here. I, I still need to get into 
some of the concerns, the very real, very troubling, very inexcusable, evil attacks and threats made against law enforcement officers, which cannot be overlooked in this conversation as well. But I've got to go hour number one in the books. SDG, see you soon.